Podtackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast presents episode 832, Infinite Season Update, recorded live on September 8th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We've got a special guest replacing GT tonight because GT is not here. So we've got Accelerate on for the podcast this, this week. Welcome back, Brad. How you doing? Doing good. Happy to have you back on. It's uh, not quite the same, but it is a welcome to be back behind the microphone since we've been away for two weeks. And boy, what a two weeks has been. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that's happened over the last two weeks, to say the least. Yeah, it was it's been exhausting. Yeah, it, it really has. Um, social media, if you've been on there, it's it's been a job of in its own. We've got pins in the chat. We've got Fuchs. We've got Lazy Panda. Hope you have a good night, Panda. I know it's super late where you are, so have a good one. Uh, and I know Accelerate's streaming on his channel, so hello, everyone, on the Accelerate live stream. Yes, sir. Good to see y'all. Thanks for checking us out. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about all of the recent news that came out over the last about week and a half. We've got some updates for MCC that are coming along. Lots of new mod tools and capabilities that are coming down the pipe for MCC. Uh, obviously, the big news is the future schedule of Halo Infinite. We got a deep dive into what's coming over the next uh, nine months or so for Halo Infinite. and Lots of community uh, response to that. I'll just put it that way. Um, and we've got a few community happenings going on as well. But uh, Accelerate, thanks again for coming on. It hasn't been too long since we had you on the show. So I don't think much has changed in your world since we had you on a, f- a few months ago. But any big updates, new changes on your side of the Halo community? I tried it. When was the last time? Was that like June? Uh. I feel like it was May or June time frame, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I picked up a YouTube editor since then. Oh, very nice. It's been, a, it's been a slow process, but I'm finally at the point where like, I'm able to just get content out to somebody and save myself the time. And that's been a huge boost in, in getting my YouTube portion of things running. Since very nice. It's not something you should really abandon as a creator. So <laughs> we're getting that YouTube's, up and rolling. Yeah. YouTube's one of those key things to, you really want to make as a content creator makes sense to go out there and really try to get videos out there of stream clips and all that YouTube short stuff, which I've tried doing that with some of my clips and I, I just don't get the algorithm or I'm not doing it right or something. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done a few shorts, but I'm just like, I'll just keep YouTube for YouTube. Like just throw an occasional long form up. I'll, I'll keep my short stuff for like Twitter. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump on into the new stuff. We would normally do our podtacular recap, but, uh, since GT's not here, uh, we'll just go ahead and dive on into the news and skip the, the first segment. But, uh, let's see, where do we want to start? Let's start with some more of the, the positive things. So first off, we've got 
the next community corner. So they started doing a community yeah. highlight of individuals in the community. First one was Uber Nick. And the second one is uh, we've talked about uh, this person's art on this podcast a lot since back in the 2019, 2020 area when they were putting out art like every two weeks. Uh, Rythes came up plenty of times in community art highlights. And there's a lot of uh, featurettes in this spotlight. There's an interview like they've done, but uh, lots of the art that you've seen on social media or get posted through the community spotlight. You've probably seen his work through and through. I think there's some interesting things that uh, Rythes does as far as his interpretation of foreigner architecture and really being able to capture some of that essence of maybe a little bit more of the remote sides of like foreigner installations and that kind of stuff. But overall, a really talented artist. Uh, I think he's definitely a worthwhile pick to have uh, be in the community corner for Waypoint. Yeah, that has been... I'm, I'm glad it's back and the people behind it now are just part of the community team that's been dying to get back into that stuff. So it's been a treat to see like, like behind the scenes, people getting excited to resume that and really pick back up on the community side of things. So I'm, I'm glad it's back and we're not just restricted to like game updates. It's right. actually like community members. Mm-hmm. So along with the, I think they have a rotation now, like a monthly rotation of articles. So they have the community corner, they have the community spotlight, which is all the artwork and things. Um, so there's, there's a few things that they're trying to do on the monthly rotation, which is, which is nice. Uh, moving on over to some MCC goodness. Uh, like I mentioned kind of in the teaser, we've got a whole slew of mod tools coming to MCC, uh, across all different titles. Uh, in the August update, they talk about, uh, some tools that they've retooled, pun kind of intended. Uh, on some of the classic modding tools like uh, Gorilla um, and making them more compatible with MCC. Uh, are you into the modding scene at all, or do you follow that a little bit? Uh, well, for starters, I don't know how to mod myself. Like, <laughs> not to not to that degree, to, like, a game design. Like, I, I dabble in, like, modding, like, the config file and stuff like that, but I'm never, like porting models or, or messing with animations or anything like that. I have sure. been blown away by <laughs> the stuff I've seen. I think the other day I saw people like, it was like a direct port of like a Mario Kart map in MCC. Yeah. People were playing Mario Kart and it was, it was so surreal and like, like it was jarring to see it just show up on my timeline. Like the stuff <laughs> I've been seeing come out of MCC, I think just the other day, I, I don't remember who it was, but uh, they ported the Reaver from Halo Wars 2 mm, into yeah. Halo Reach. Yep. That was, oh, dude, the stuff I'm seeing is just incredible. Like, I would have never thought in a million years, like, oh, take the Halo Wars 2 vehicles, throw, th- take the models and put them in MCC. Like, that stuff is just amazing to see the realization of it, you know, there, a decade later. There are later. so many things that have come up in the, the modding scene for MCC. Um, as far as vehicles, maps, weapons, um, and really a lot of that just kind of being either PC efforts with Halo CE and then Halo 2 Vista getting pulled in or some of the custom stuff that was done on the 360 for Halo 3 and Halo 4 and Halo Reach 
and bringing that in. Um, just seeing this whole kind of mountain of content that kind of exists in little bubbles being pulled together and now being brought into MCC, I think is a really cool kind of uh, effect that wasn't necessarily anticipated, but it's very much welcome to have everything kind of centralized into MCC. Yeah, it has been fantastic. The stuff we're seeing just this early, it's been like what a year, year and a half. Majorly, since yeah, Tools? yeah, yeah. For, for well, the... since like they first started, really, I think CE got them like around mm-hmm. when Halo Four came out or something like that. Yeah, it's like been, soon after. I, th- I think it's been around a year, year and a half since the first modding tools they've released. Maybe yeah. a little bit less than that, but yeah, the community's been going to town even before the modding tools were there, like taking yeah. what they could with the existing tools and tweaking them to actually make them compatible with MCC. But now that 343 has come in, kind of tailored the tools and made them proper for MCC because obviously there's little differences between the MCC version and the original versions. Um, they're offering that capability to com- basically upconvert what there was to what there can be for MCC. So it's a really, really good step. And I'm hopeful for maybe down the road at some point, Halo Infinite will get some kind of modding capability as well. Obviously, it's not the focus at the moment, but... Yeah, we might not even need it by the time we see what all Fortune do. That's very true. I mean, there's... (laughs) We'll be getting to that in a little bit, but with all the uh, unofficial leaks... That three four three is basically a let, allow persist out there. What we've seen in Forge so far in Infinite is insane. Oh yeah, to say the least. So we'll we'll definitely get to that in, in a little bit. Um, but also in the MCC update for August, we get the introduction of Golden Moa statues into Halo Three ODST and Halo Reach. The Acrophobia and Bandana skulls have been added to Reach as well. There's new armor sets, new customization coming in. Um, They're going to be overhauling the career menu, looking for updates to the uh, Spartan points system. Not coming yet. Don't, don't freak out just yet. It's, it's coming. They're kind of giving us a forewarning as the things that are coming, but nothing has changed yet with the the Spartan point system. There's also a lot of, again, mining tool things. You can go to the waypoint update to uh, get a full look at everything that they've patched in of course over on the forums there's a whole usually a whole laundry list of patches and things that they've made uh, available but in addition to the modding tools and capabilities that they're introducing there's some new uh, screenshots of armors that they're bringing in halo custom edition is changing the way that they're supporting custom maps and other files so they've retooled the tools so you can take what worked addition and actually bring them into MCC where they will work properly in the future. And that's kind of the the high points of what is coming in the update for MCC if you haven't been on there in a while. So for those that are looking at the collectibles, you finally have some new collectibles to play with to use your Spartan points for. Uh, for those looking for additional modding capabilities, that's there as well. And a whole bunch of other fixes. And along with that. It's good stuff for the MCC folk. Of course. As usual, to be honest. Yeah. MCC has been on a roll for 
two years now at this point. MCC has come a long way. And to jump the gun a little bit, I know a lot of the community or well, a lot of the community is just like fed up with 343 at this point, but there's other parts of the community that are like, well, 343 has kind of proven that they can do it given enough time. I mean, look at MCC, how much of a <laughs> dumpster fire that launch was and look where it yeah. is now. So yeah, that, that's, that's something I've been saying occasionally on, on my stream is like, if we can go from MCC, which was literally matches starting as like a two V six, if they started and it stayed like that for like four, <laughs> like if we can come back from that, right? Like, infinite will be fine infinite is getting mcc was just not even being touched for like four years and it's still developed into what many say is like the definitive legacy halo experience like the one like oh dude you you it's been a long time since you played halo like dude get mcc it's like 20 dollars every other weekend it's got all the games rewind to 2018 there's new armors yeah whole different story 2018 like you booted up and like Three out of every eight boots, your console just crashes anyway. Like it doesn't even open it. Like it's come so far. It, it really And has. if that can happen, like infinite will be fine. Yeah. It's it's to put how Ubernick said in his latest video, it sucks to have to wait. Like two for three has definitely shown that they can do it. It's just a matter of them having the time to dig through things and figure out, okay, what's what's wrong and really get to the root at a lot of the issues that are plaguing if the engine, some of the other things and really just nail home the experience. And I mean, ideally six years for developing a game, eh, probably should have had a little bit more at launch, but like (laughs) at the point we're at now, we can't change the past. So we just have to look to the future with the schedule that they've given us where they're trying to go with the game. And it's one of those things where, yeah, if Halo Infinite doesn't have the content that you're learning right now, like it's okay to step away for a little bit. Obviously, new stuff's coming around. When the new stuff comes around, come give it a try. And um, they've said that come season three, which will be March of next year, they're trying to take the time to get themselves set up to where they can get into that season cadence where they can get down to that every three or four yeah. months. There's a new season. There's new things to bring into the the social experience, the customizations, and I think the drop pods have been good little intermediate updates without doing a full season launch. So bringing that into in the middle of the season, drop new content or drop new game types, experiences, maps, whatever. Yeah. One of the, one of the big things like on a side note that a lot of people don't really talk about, especially other creators is that MCC was not just like something they were updating. It was a preservation project. So with MCC, there was a very fine balance that had to be achieved between like, you know, this is something legacy. It's going to stay that way. Or like, this is how things were. So we're not going to change it, even if it's bad for the game or good for the game. But like infinite doesn't have like a 10 year old prior version of itself where they have (laughs) to maintain parity. So the thing with infinite is they can literally turn that game into whatever they want. Like if they want to completely rewrite the recoil of the BR design of the BR, like they can do that and change the way ranked is played, or they can change maps or move things around. Like on MCC, they couldn't do that. So it's just like, what we can really do is just armors and, you know, make dedicated servers run a little better. But with infinite, like the experience can just get better and better and better without just getting crammed with like, you know, 
Gundam armors, right? <laughs> like they can go so much farther with Infinite Two than MCC ever will be able to. And they've really shown, like, despite the lack of content and the challenges with customization and obviously matchmaking and some of the other issues that the community has, like the bare bones that Infinite has set up is there. It's just there's not a lot of meat on those bones right now to really sink our teeth into. Yeah. I mean, what's your community's response been to kind of just the last, I mean, we're almost, we're getting close to nine months, 10 months of Halo Infinite out there. What's your community's response been to just the, the content or lack thereof and in, in Infinite to keep people interested in playing? Like, obviously you're playing almost every day, but yeah. Um, chat's like shaking, dude. <laughs> It's it's kind of mixed. Um, I, there has there has been one common piece of feedback that I've heard a lot of, or like gotten messages about, or anything like that. And that's that people say, like like a lot of my regulars who play BTB with me, like a couple of times a week to like almost every night, will say like, you know, outside of BTB, I don't play the game. So it's it's definitely there. There's definitely not enough driving people to play on their own tuition. I think right now, especially with like rewards just being like you know average coatings or like a charm like there's nothing really to do right now which i mean that's i don't think anyone would disagree with that but i think for most people who for most people who were looking for like a really good experience out the gate and weren't really committed to halo because it's halo are either moved on or just kind of like in hibernation and those who are really like genuinely passionate about Halo are finding their own little ways to do things or ways to like stay interested. But all in all, like it's, it's pretty mixed. I'd say obviously probably leaning a little negative, but I think my chat's a little bit of an exception because I don't really harbor that kind of stuff. Usually if like a random shows up and is like, this game sucks, I just, you know, kick him out. <laughs> or like, you know, like, or like the mods start yelling at him. Like I don't, I don't harbor that kind of stuff in my chat. So I, I think it's probably an exception if anything. Yeah, it's like don't appreciate the attitude. You can yeah. you change yeah, your attitude, like, or you can go. <laughs> yeah, the first thing I say, I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, man, we we don't do that here. Like, oh, they, they dropped the ball. I hate it. I'm like, hey, we don't do that here, man. Just I'm just here to play Halo. You can go do that on Twitter for sure. Uh, so let's see. We've got since we're kind of already diving into the update, the season two will end in November with a winter update dropping later uh, this winter. We'll be running from November 8th to March 7th. That's where we'll get Forge Beta dropping, which I think a lot of folks are eagerly waiting to get on that. I think everything that's come out from Forge so far uh, has been nothing but praised at this point. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a really good thing for the community. I think people are overdoing it a little bit, <laughs> saying it's going to save Infinite, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad everyone pretty much universally is... Uh, is happy with what's coming out. Well, I think a lot of the Halo longevity has really been from people making those experiences in Forge and yeah. custom games. I mean, sure, you have matchmaking. People will grind matchmaking for rank. There's people that love the campaign, but the longevity of the multiplayer experience for Halo, I think since Halo 1 has always been the custom game scene and since the introduction of Forge and Halo 3, it's always been of okay what is what are those 
new maps that people are making that can get introduced into matchmaking to make it feel fresh, almost like you are getting that new content yeah. every month. And then the, I mean, the wacky customs, everyone loves those wacky customs. Yeah, I used to be big into Forge, especially in Halo 4, but that was back when it was like very easy. There weren't like <laughs> scripts. Right. You know, there it was just, there was just like take a block, take a block, magnetize and put them together. Take another one, turn it 9 degrees, put them together. Like it was like Legos. Mm-hmm. But now like I I would never forget like sort of wanting to get into Forge in Halo 5 and then I hopped into this custom game where the banshees were spatulas like they had like spatulas infused into them yep. and yet you remember that one you yep. had to flip the mongooses that were like the pancakes eggs. you had to yep. flip them you out of that yeah pan- yep. i was like there's no way I, I could build this <laughs> like Flapjack. there's no way i yeah the, some of that stuff was just i was like okay i, th- I think i've hit my limit <laughs> i'll i'll let the people who just do this day in and day out do it and i'll stick to just playing matchmaking i mean a lot of those forgers if you ask them to make a map they will go and do it too like if you hop onto Forge Hub, obviously can't talk about them enough. Uh, Infinite Forges, they they have people that can't help but not make maps. There there's experiences out there that wouldn't exist if we didn't have such a vibrant Forge community out there, and it's cool too because two of the maps that are coming with the winter update too were also built in the Forge toolset. So the the big team battle map and the arena map. Uh, I guess they're both arena maps for this one, but uh, both maps, Detachment and Argyle, were both made in the Forge toolset. And they look like developer-made maps, which is just a testament to the power that Forge is having in Infinite. To your point, though, I think it is, it's almost a uh, a little bit of a detriment to just kind of the ease of Forge as it was in Halo 3 Region 4, where it was a lot more of the Okay, you just have the certain things that you can place and you could customize colors and channels for teleporters and a few short actions that way. There there's not like a forge light in a full forge mode. I think that might help bridge that gap a little bit. But like you said, there's gonna be plenty of talent out there making forge stuff. It's it's gonna be nothing but just a constant flow of content, I think. Yeah, I'm excited to uh I'm the one thing that's big is I know like forge maps historically have been kind of like not as good as dev maps, but the, the bridge is so small and then the ease of patch is also really easy. It's a lot easier to fix a forge map mm-hmm. than it is a developer map where like everything is so hard coded and textured in a certain way where if it's like, Oh, Hey, there's just one line of sight that's like really long and kind of abusing and just like move a pile on six inches right and it's like yeah and that and then re-upload it right into the ugc and boom it's fixed in like a week yeah you don't have to like send it out to saber and get them to do a build on the map and send you know you can just literally like a day of most yeah the time to iterate is so much quicker in forge i think a lot of the because i mean your community plays a lot big team just because you have that lobby size to play with yeah but I think a lot of the, well, let me let me ask you this: Are you looking forward to the remakes of some classic BTP maps? Are you are you more excited about new, fresh BTB maps that could be made because of the power of of the Infinite Engine and the Infinite Forge? Um, I I'm trying to think. Like, do I hate the majority of BTB maps? Or do I like the majority of BTB <laughs> maps? Like the classic like maps. 
I mean, there's obviously going to be some classics that will be remade, like yeah, coagulation. I'd, I'd probably terminal. have to see. I think like Warzone maps, honestly, from Halo Five would Ooh. probably play a lot better. There's so many guns in play at the same time, and the BR has so much range. Like, I feel like if it was a lot of these classic maps, like Exile or like so, like Rat's Nest, especially with how like think how prominent and strong the air is. Like if you had that AR on Rat's Nest back in Halo Three, like oh, everyone geez. would just be ARing everybody. Like it'd be a mess, and there would be no real routes to use the BR. Probably the Commando and Psychic would be the only precision weapons that really like flourish. Like I feel like a lot of older maps might not play well in this sandbox. So I feel like starting with the Warzone maps from Halo Five, like the ones that were positively received, like Escape from Mark, and like throwing that back into Infinite first would be a really nice place to start. And then maybe look at some of the bigger ones, maybe like Valhalla, but like the Halo 5 V2 versions, not like the giant open field one yeah. from Halo 3. I didn't even think about that, but that you make a yeah. good point. Some of those... Yes, I think starting with some of the bigger maps first and seeing how they play would probably be the good starting point because you wouldn't want to take like something super small and, and throw it in there. Right. Now, would you want to do something like kind of Halo 3 ODST did and a few other of those campaign level inspired maps and and do that i would love to see a map uh derived from the halo infinite campaign like a lot of that stuff visually is so nice all the elevation and the lakes and stuff like that and I, i would love to see like like maps are so clearly designed to be like big team battle maps Mm-hmm. I would love to see at least one map that's just like it's it looks like something out of like Tarkov, it's just like a wide open field with like a couple like bases, like POIs, but then it's mostly just like terrain that creates your cover, not like giant pieces of ships like Breaker or giant mountains like on high power. It's kind of like a little bit more akin to a blood gulch or a coagulation. Yeah, blood gulch, just a little less flat. Yeah. And someone, and yeah. someone in your chat mentioned uh, Sidewinder. Side, which, which one was Sidewinder? That was the snow map that Avalanche was based off of. It's the horseshoe shaped, and it had the yeah. teleporters on the outside, and there was the camo and invis and rockets or flamethrower on PC on the inside, and there was kind of a little network of tunnels on the inside, and then the two-story base yeah. from Halo CE. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was never into CE multiplayer. I played like two maps. Uh, you know Avalanche from Halo 3? Yeah, I it's, know what that. Yeah, yeah you, when your description, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I know it. Yeah, yeah, I could envision it. The snowy horseshoe, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else we got? We have a three, a free 30-tier battle pass, and one of the key reasons for this is during this winter update, they're testing their match XP beta. So, in ad- Very excited for that. In addition to giving it as a thanks for sticking around with us, they're also using it to help gather data and feedback on how the match XP beta works. So they want to actually use it. You have a battle pass to test it against, and they don't want to make people pay for the battle pass for something that they're testing. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Lots of Mark V and Reach inspired armor is going to be available in that pass. So if there's a lot of that classic style armor that you know from previous games, this is kind of the battle pass for you. (laughs) Yeah. Never been like a Reach armor guy. Like, just in general, mm-hmm. I was more a fan. Like, I really like the Mark Seven in this game. I think it looks way like the probably the best armor I've ever seen. But I'm excited that all these like 
historically iconic, mm-hmm. I hate that word, uh, <laughs> armors are coming back in like their newer high resolution, high poly, you know, counterparts. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like a lot of times, like you see like fan art of like Halo Reach soldiers and it's always like the big chunky, like EVA, pizza box, you know, CQC shoulders and stuff like that. Like, I'm glad that armor that resonates so positively with a lot of feet, like a lot of fans is finally coming back. Yeah. I think a lot of fans are going to be happy with the battle pass as a kind of a thank you from three, four, three to <laughs> sticking around and help us kind of make the game that you all have wanted or expected from us. Campaign network co-op and mission replay is also coming in the winter update. Um, as many people may have heard, uh, the studio made the difficult decision to cancel doing split screen co-op um, for Halo Infinite. Not a decision they made lightly. Yeah. One that really got the community up in arms. But just to level set everyone, it's not something that they had planned this from the beginning to not have it. Like They full well intended to make this a possibility. It's just that given <laughs> the current limitations that exist with the engine, all the issues that they want to address and really focus on with the community uh, from what the community has been asking about in order to get everything into the right space with getting the seasons back on track, getting all the um, multiplayer experiences from the stability issues and everything else that everyone has been complaining about matchmaking for some things just had to get reprioritized. And unfortunately split screen co-op is one of those things that they had to cut. Yeah. There's, um, there's a big sort of like weird thing going around the community, um, where some of the modders have got it working on like some of the older hardware. And a lot of people have been like, well, if it's working, then like why they cut it. And a lot, a lot of people have been talking about it, but there was, at least from what we've seen, modders pull, there's still been a lot of issues with local co-op. And I can see why they cut it. Cause they're not like small things like a, your ammo doesn't sink or like guns. Like there's a lot of things where supposedly AI, like, like targets you're shooting aren't in the same place on both players screen. Uh, the time of day and the weather isn't the same. It could be like raining and cloudy on your screen and like super sunny and visible on another player screen. Like it's a very, like probably the best word for it is desynced experience. Yeah. And there's a whole lot. I, th- I think the one post I saw had like nine bullet points of things that like weren't working properly. That were like big issues. Yeah. All in all, you know, I can see why something that despite it being iconic and sort of like a staple in Halo, like in a Halo game, like Halo's always had co-op. Why, they were like, okay, you know, we're not going to do this right now. And by the sounds of it, they're probably just canceling it like full on. But realistically, like at any point, they could pick it back up and and most likely choose to bring co-op back. But I can see why they're sort of cutting their losses there and then going after the big parts of the game. So. Yep, there's a lot of things that the community really wants fixed, which is... Rightfully so. I mean, if there's issues with the game, there's issues with the game that needs to be fixed. But obviously, people's issues with desync, 
with uh, my biggest gripe being that it per- prioritizes the client as far as kills over kind of a balanced approach as last games have done. And some of the other just overall issues with matchmaking, the um, point about ranks influencing all playlists in matchmaking. Yeah. <clears throat> some of the challenges with their anti-cheat system. Also the match XP and uh, customization experience. Just a lot of those things that the community has really pointed out that isn't working or to to their standards. They're They're refocusing on what's important. And if you watch the update video that 343 put out last week, they really boiled down to boiled it down on what their goal is to try to focus on the feedback that they've gotten from the community and what it is they want to do with Infinite. Obviously, the rewarding system, as far as ranks, rewards, match XP, challenges, is a big focus, making sure that it actually feels like you're progressing towards something and earning based on your gameplay instead of just these challenges. In addition to making things competitive and fair, the stability of the game, meeting that high quality bar, which um, I think that's kind of a developer choice. Obviously, there's a lot of community out there that would rather just say, just give it to me. I don't care if it's broken or not, but there's going to be another part of that community that is like, if it's broken, why even release it? So, there's yeah. obviously a quality bar there that they want to meet. Yep. And then another part that they had talked about too was um, being able to report things in game. So if people are cheating or if people have bad voice comms, be able to actually report that in game instead of <laughs> going through the long form on the waypoint support. <laughs> that form is it's a pain to fill out every time you just want to report a player for <laughs> yeah. dropping out of a game or unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, I'm excited we're getting the in-game tools because there's like, if it's restricted to just the waypoint site, you're getting like a tenth of the reports, probably at most. You know, like like I know for a fact myself, for every like one person I've filed on the support site, there's probably been like ten people in game I've played against where I'm just like, I'm it's like just not I'm streaming. Worth the effort. Yeah. I'm not going to spend the next fifteen minutes filling out a support ticket yeah yep uh we've got the two maps detachment and argyle coming in the winter update and there's a new game mode called covert one flag now this was an interesting spin on one flag it is the normal one flag where you have one team attacking one team defending best of four rounds but each side has a different loadout i'm curious on your take on this so the attacker side has a pulse carbine sidekicks and unlimited active camo and the defending side has a commando sword and unlimited threat sensors it's uh it's a little too like action sack e for me i enjoy stuff that's like chaotic but also has balance to it and i think it's why i like btb so much it's carnage and it's explosions but you know at the end of the day like both teams get one hog both teams have commandos you know the the only exception is high power right now that map is very unbalanced but for the most part everyone gets the same amount of plates in their base and the same amount of vehicles every once in a while like one team gets a tank and the other one doesn't but for the most part you know btb is this chaotic experience that still has a hint of balance to it and like that's sort of what i strive for i don't really enjoy experience where like 
I guess like the Fiesta experience in a way where I'm like, Oh, I got an AR and like a BR. That's nice. And then I like turn the corner into a rocket and launcher rockets. right off the rip. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> all right. Well, here goes 60 seconds of my day. Like, and I think some of these like asymmetrical modes kind of, they're never really been my thing. I've never been a fan of like one bomb or one flag either. I enjoy where it's the tug of war experience of like rotating around a map, getting your kills, you know, trying to push your lead here and there, 55%, 60% advantage and, and working for everything. And the, the biggest thing is those modes that are asymmetrical and then either or even more like not just on the map or the mode, but like weapon wise, like things often will de- devolve a little bit. Okay. You know, I think, think about when you're playing like BTB versus heavies in BTB. Okay. When it's heavies, everyone's just dying all over the place. You know, banshees are dive bombing tanks, tanks yeah. are, you know, get, jumping off canyon cliffs and it's, it gets kind of crazy, but it's just never really been my thing. Gotcha. For like this kind of goofier modes. I'm curious to see how it functions because obviously that'll be a big change to see how balanced that is. But yeah, I'm just curious to see how, how that works out. Yeah. Very I'll, I'll probably try it. You know, you, you never know. Yeah. I'm so going in definitely right? probably thinking, oh, I'm not going to like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But you never know. Uh, there is a December event, winter contingency number two. And of course, a whole slew of quality of life improvements coming with the winter update. There's a January event called Joint Fire coming along as well. And obviously with the roadmap, they're continuing the narrative of Idris and the Lone Wolves and kind of that multiplayer story arc of the game. So that's being continued on as well. And then March 7th is the tentative Season 3 drop date called Echoes Within. We get a new arena map and a new BTB map, a new weapon that is called the M392 Bandit. The Bandit Rifle. Which is kind of a close range. They call it a close range rifle. Um, in the video, there is a new equipment called the Shroud Screen. Uh, basically, anyone inside the screen can't see out. Anyone outside the screen can't see in. Radar yeah. is blocked between the two sides of the Shroud Screen as well. I'm very curious to see how this one changes gameplay because this is a huge game changer, I think. Um, I'm excited to see the Shroud Screen. I'm curious as to if you get aim assist through it, because that kind of nullifies the whole point of like, you can shoot through it, but it's, it's 10 times harder. You know what I mean? And my guess is you probably won't even get red reticle or aim assist. I'm yeah, I'm assuming, but like, I don't know. You still get them through like trees in the game. So I'm like, you know, I hope. I wonder if that has more to do with the client side processing than like the servers because i would imagine it's more like a okay while this bubble is up act like it's a wall that you can't look through yeah i think if um if there's no aim assist when using a controller on the shroud screen that would be huge because it creates an actual like break in combat Mm -hmm. where you know you can shoot through it and nade through it if it's like in a corner right and someone's hiding but like being able to break a line of sight is huge in this game. And if you can break all the assistance as well, like that's a serious 
sort of like stopgap you can create in combat. I, I would, I mean, judging by how it sounds like it should work, it sounds like that's the way it should work. Yeah, I just, I just won't, don't want the assist because it makes the equipment all that more effective, right? Regardless of input, like even on MK, if, if I'm close to it, you know, my my bullets will pull towards the target and sort of help me. Like if that stuff's not done then it's actually like a very effective piece of equipment where I could, I could be dumping a mag thinking I'm shooting someone and he's not even on the other side of it. Right. Uh, I guess another, also the bandit rifles kind of, you know, well, no, it's a DMR. another part would be, does the do hit markers go off if you hit something that's in the shroud? Cause then that's almost like a little, yeah. Hey, I mean, we'll have to see how it works really. It's what it boils down to, but it's cool to see, new equipment being added into the game it kind of makes me wonder what other equipment that could they add into the sandbox in the future could, could yeah. they bring back an armor lock you never know <laughs> i would love to see so there's a lot of pieces of equipment from halo 4 that were really cool and one of them that i would love to see back would be the hard light shield mm. it was a very underutilized piece of equipment that had a very very high skill ceiling that no one really ever like got into where like up in like really high level objective games. If you had like someone arming a beacon and you have like a very communicative team, you could have someone stand in front of you and hard light shield in the wide open. So you could plant a beacon out in the open where it's easy to shoot anybody who's trying to disarm it and like bounce rockets around. If you were like really good on MK, you could like deflect them properly like into other people. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff you could do with like that piece of equipment alone that like I would love to see that back and then this is going to sound goofy but I think the regen field would be really nice for with how prominent grenades are in in most modes and how many are all over the map I think the regen field would be a little more balanced in a way compared to it was how it was in Halo 4 or like something of the sort where it's like a slow health regen to where like the just the outer radius of a grenade that's 10 feet away doesn't absolutely destroy you you get a little bit of more survivability in combat you're already halfway there with the bubble effect from the shroud screen it's just adding a healing effect yeah so i mean kind of how you were saying earlier just with how they've laid the foundation and really made it to where they can change so much within the engine they could bring back i could i mean they could literally bring back almost everything equipment wise that has ever existed in halo <clears throat> think of the trip mine from Halo Three or the the power drainer. Yeah, like th- there's. Although to be fair, we we have dynamos and it's basically the same thing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so maybe maybe At least a, it, it seems to do the same thing to everything. It's if anything, they're like a more powerful shock because they chain. Yeah. But like yeah, I think dynamos need nerf. They're way too strong. <laughs> You just kind of throw them and just see, wait until you get a yeah, hogs going by 90 miles an hour. You just chuck one out on the street and like done. Yeah. You're, you're picking up at, you're picking out everybody. Like that's what the power drain reminds me of. It's just this like <laughs> absolute. Just everything stops. Yeah. 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 I remember like Valhalla, everyone would like bunch up on their side of the mountain top. Maybe you just then you go through the list and just chuck and all it. of a sudden there's like six one shots. Just clean them all mm-hmm. up. Yep. Gosh, those lifts were fun. Yeah. Uh, in one of the arena maps, I think it's the is it the maybe the arena map or the B B map? I forget which one. Um, they're introducing teleporters back into the game. Yeah. So 
obviously it'll be a forge item, so we'll probably get hands on when the, beta, the forge beta comes around. In the season three update, there'll also be customs game browser, so I'll be making a come in uh, in game reporting, new game modes VIP and escalation. There's going to be a new fracture event, new narrative event, and additionally more quality of life improvements along with the free and paid 100 tier battle passes for season three. Now, a couple of additional cool things with Forge. Um, a lot of people have seen the Node Graph script editor, very popular in a lot of the graphical based coding systems for games out there today. Um, but another thing that they are looking to add into Forge is a nav mesh, which allows you to actually program bot behavior. It can help tell bots, okay, where can I go to get to certain paths and and everything. So you can have the uh, bot matches on maps that you've made. You can create maybe like custom campaign-esque style experiences within multiplayer. Um, I mean, the fact that you can just add bots into the game is pretty cool. I can imagine the game almost like a... What was the game mode in Halo Reach where it was the different phases? And one side you were elite and the other side was human? It, it, with an eye. Yeah. Invasion? Invasion. Invasion, yeah. Think of invasion, but like you have AIs defending like defending AI. certain parts, but then there's two teams trying to extract a common target. So you have AIs defending, yeah. but then you have two teams attacking, and then whichever team manages to pull it out wins. I think it'd be a great thing for matchmaking because we could theoretically finally see our first sort of like AI assisted matchmaking to where like Battlefield uh or sorry, uh, Battlefront 2 does this, the new one. Um where in the supremacy game mode you have all like 20 people on your team or something like that and then there's like 10 additional AI that like run around and help you and shoot stuff and like mm. having those kind of like even bigger scale battles would be a first for Halo. And I, that's, that's like the one thing I'm excited for, like an invasion, but you know, it's, it's 12 V 12, like BTB and there's 10 AI on your team that are also, are, you know, running around the map, but they, they're not as accurate and they don't do as much damage, but they're still like, it's, it's creating a presence. You know, they might stand in a zone here and there, or like, you know, guard a flag, like stuff like that is, like the one thing I'm really excited for when I, when I hear the conversation of like forgeable AI, almost like, like a how far can we take that into matchmaking? Kind of what we have in the yeah. current BTB experience. Yeah, no, I think that opens up a lot of potential for kind of the traditional game modes and even maybe some new stuff out there. I mean, with that, you can almost recreate Warzone mm-hmm. at the in, in that point. Then, except the AI is not trying to kill both teams; it's trying to kill each other's teams. Because that was awful, having to deal with a warden <laughs> trying to kill everybody. I mean, I guess you could have it to where the AI attacks both teams, but having the option to, ha- to have AI side with one team or another would be really cool. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of cool things coming with the uh, the schedule. Like it's been pointed out several times, the that puts the current season two at quite a, quite a long time, uh, February to November, so... 10 months for season two. Then we have this uh, five month, I guess four month uh, winter season. And then season three 
looking to be about four months as well. So again, a lot of the things coming in to really try to realign the focus of 343, uh, what they're trying to get to as far as a bar that the community has basically demanded from the from the developers, and really just kind of address the experience at its core, really. It kind of really begs the question of if they've had six years to develop, what happened during those six years that really had them kind of start off on the the foot that they did but yeah it wasn't really six years but from everything that's come out like there was probably weird attempts that they didn't have to or prototypes that they probably wasted time on but you know all in all like we're in a salvageable spot Mm -hmm. and i think that's important you know because if this game had come out and been like a huge deviation that couldn't be saved. That would be a whole different boat. Right. Like infinite is fixable by far. So that's the, that's the good thing. I mean, I think for the most part they've shown with MCC that there is a potential to really recover from this. Like it's, it's possible, but it's going to take some time. Really. That's what it boils down to from the state that we're at. And really just getting to the point where we can, for, I guess, a lot of the uh, the vocal folks on social media enjoying the game. And uh, just getting a lot of the common outcries of the community addressed. Network stability being one, customization being another, content drought being one thing, which I think Forge will definitely help a lot with. Not saying it's necessarily the silver bullet, but I think Forge has a significant impact on the user-generated content that helps feed custom nights, matchmaking, all those kind of longevity experiences with Halo. Yeah. Yeah. We've also got the yapping happening. So BTB uh, on crack with a lot of the Fiesta type stuff. So there's BTB Fiesta CTF, Slayer, Stockpile, Total Control, in addition to BTB Shoddy Snipes which I've always been horrible at because I can't snipe very well. Uh, BTB Skockets, which is the shock rifle and rockets. So skewer. Oh, oh, sorry. Skewer and rockets. Uh, And then team snipers, which is the shock rifle and sniper. Um, Skewer and rockets is more up my alley. I think it's a, it's a pretty neat mode and it flows differently based on what map you're on, which is kind of neat. Like if you're on frag, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone will just use rocket launchers, and then if you're on like deadlock, everyone's using skewers. So it's a <laughs> it's a weird like it's a weird fifty fifty based on what map you get. Got it. Have you played a lot of the yapping yet? Since it's- uh, I'm done with the pass, so yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it's it, I'd say it's probably one of the most positively received events, or it probably is the most positively received event they've done so far. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say that it's the most fun they've had in Infinite, like yet. So I think it's I think the mode is a success. As to what they'll do with the modes after, you never know. Uh, it'd be nice to have like its own BTB playlist. Yeah, if any, I definitely want. I don't want them putting it in the regular BTB. That would kind of mess everything up. But you know, I think it was a very good event so far. I'm looking forward to getting into it. I haven't had a chance to get onto it yet, but. We here at Potacular like our Fiesta. We like big team. So I think we'll really enjoy it. 
And I heard that they have some of the other, or do they have some of the other weapon variants from the campaign for some things? Yeah. So on the pads, so like, say say there's a pad that's either a heat wave or a bulldog, depending on what map you get. It will just cycle between both, so it won't just stay like a heat wave the whole game. Okay. Like sometimes it's a bulldog, sometimes a heat wave, and then sometimes it's an upgraded version of those things. So you could like pull it off and it's a bulldog and then pull it off. It's a heat wave. And then next time you go there, you pull it off. It could be like a convergence bulldog or like an upgraded heat wave. So it's, it's a pretty cool, like little Fiesta aspect to it to where you could walk up to a pad. You just ran up to like 10 minutes ago that you got a BR from, and it's like a, a breacher BR and it's more powerful and it's kind of neat. Cool. That's nice to hear that they're, at least experimenting with that, and I'm hoping in Forge they give us those opportunities to really play with those weapons, because one of the favorite things I think turned out for us was Super Fiesta from Halo 5, and just having the yeah. weapon variants available to us. I think that was a huge add that really, for for us, added a lot of longevity and fun to the game, playing Super Fiesta or just Fiesta, because it was for the most part, that was the casual game mode. So, we we will see. But that's happening for two weeks. It started a couple days ago on Tuesday, and that's happening for two weeks. There's a lot of cool goodies that you can get. Uh, I'm personally a fan of the wart little weapon charm, so I'm going to try to get that. Uh, and the the happening nameplate and the emblem is pretty cool, as well as the armor effect. So yeah. can't go wrong with the happening. Happening is always fun. Oh. Um- completely forgot so if you haven't already noticed um for the first time and uh thank you ash i think it was ash that pointed out for the first time in multiplayer so far you can get the long shot ar and the striker sidekick which is a sidekick that has no bloom oh so those are available on i i don't know what map it is i don't think i've i think it's uh i know the ar is on deadlock i don't know which one the sidekick's on but you can finally try those weapons out against other Spartans for the first time in this Yapping oh, mode. Cool. If you can find them on pads. Yeah, those aren't normally available on Fragmentation, so. Nice. Thanks for calling that out, Ash. That's re- that's really nice. It'd be nice if they added some of these weapons to weapon drills, maybe after the event. Yeah, and I would I would like to eventually see them have more of a presence in like other maps on BTB. I know uh, one of the designers on Twitter was saying like they'd like to. It, it's just going to take some like it's uh, it's going to take some work to get them out of the caves. Which it appears based on this event that they're like successfully getting that done now that they're spawning on pads. But I'd like to see them in like drop pods and stuff like that. Maybe like a gold drop pod, a giant oh. like red one or something. Yeah, like to have these weapons have more of a presence because it, it reminds me a lot of like Warzone, to where you get a really powerful weapon and it changes the way you do things and you might play more passive or you might play more smart if you know you have more power in your hands and like it's a really nice like additional layer to gameplay that i would like to see um in more maps than just fragmentation and especially as we get more btb maps and also forge maps if they can be something that we can customize in a forge weapon spawn or or something like that that'll be really helpful really clutch because then we can just forge them into the existing ones as well all right i I remember the comment now uh they said that getting the weapons off the pads is going to take some work so i guess maybe it didn't take a lot of work to get the happening up and running with the variants but 
again, hopefully, hopefully we'll get more of a, like these super weapon presence in, uh, in BTB on all the maps. Yeah. I mean, if, if they've made this effort, then it's obviously going to be a little bit easier from, for future iterations. So hopeful for what we'll see in, in the future. And hey there, Hayden. Thanks for the, the raid. Hope everything went well with your stream. Um, we're just about done here, but thank you for coming on over anyways. That's, that's I think, most of the stuff that's been happening with Infinite. Uh, we've also got a new cannon fodder, looking through some other high-value targets from previous uh, Halo games. So obviously high-value targets was a big thing in Halo Infinite's campaign, but there have been other high value targets in past games that may have not gotten the limelight quite as much. So there's a new cannon fodder that looks at some of those and also highlights some community based uh, looks at the Halo Infinite outposts and strongholds and high value targets and then what we've seen in past games as well. So if you're into the lore and want to check those out, then you can check out the latest cannon fodder over there couple of things I wanted to address before we actually wrapped up the podcast, because this has also been making the rounds on social media, and I'm sure you probably have seen this. We're muted at some point, so if this is a sore topic, <laughs> we can go away from it. But uh, obviously, there was the big motion of fire, hashtag fire343, which was kind of ridiculous out in the, the social space. And it really just got a lot of people talking about leadership. Yeah, within Xbox, within 343, and uh, also just other experiences with Halo. And uh, the supposed BR leak that certain affinity is working on, which we don't know if that's actually a thing or not. But but for just for the sake of, of saying it, and it kind of sucks that we have to say it, but like 343 is obviously not trying to sabotage Halo. I mean, if they were trying to do that, they wouldn't have a business, and that's not what they're in the business to do. <laughs> so... 343 is is trying to do what they know best with the game and yeah they messed up on what their priorities are and there's a lot of us that feel like it should have been a more complete experience at launch this is just unfortunately where we are with the game and how everything panned out i don't know what the answer is as far as like could things have been done better was it just poor management was it poor priorities like i Definitely all the, there's always, whenever there's a big community argument, there's always people that are saying this person should be fired, this person be fired. And I don't think that's necessarily the right answer all the time. It's one of those things where, yeah, poor decisions are made. People try to learn from those decisions. But at the end of the day, 343 isn't trying to kill Halo or make it bad or anything. Like they're, they're passionate about the game. I don't know. You have anything to add to this, <laughs> Brad? It's a very weird place. And based on what we're seeing and how people seem to be doing different tasks, like it's clear that there's some probably restructuring going on somewhere in there. And uh, there's been rumors that like some people have left on good terms and other people have been brought in. I think realistically, it's unneeded, the whole movement. You know, we're through the worst of the worst at this point. It's only going to get better from here on out. So trying to cause all this this far in when we're already, you know, 
season five is or season five. Uh, season three is what four months, five months, March, uh, and then it's four months. Yeah, yeah, four months. The winter update is more content than we saw in either season one or two, and that's four months. Like we're already approaching that cadence at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not quite three months, but you know we'll get there. And again, like we're we're already through the worst of the worst at this point. Like to just be like, hey, we need to restructure the whole studio. By the way, <laughs> uh, like right after we got through all this, is just it's it's pointless. It really is. And the there's been other arguments out there of trying to diversify the Halo experience, and obviously three four three is kind of the studio that is the gatekeepers of Halo. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. If it does, that that's a Microsoft and Xbox decision. That's nothing the community can control at all. No no amount of complaining or ranting is going to change the position that 343 is in being the caretakers of Halo. Does it suck at what they did? Yeah, it does. Not a lot of people are happy with the outcome. Is it something that they can cover from? I mean, MCC has shown that they can. And we're hopeful that given what they've shown us in the season progress, that looks like they're they're putting the effort to make the steps to fix it. Their ability to do it is a separate matter. That'll be a matter of them obviously delivering on their schedule and proving that they can do it. So. I think the the desire is there. It's definitely there. Just knowing a lot of the folks personally, before my time as a foreigner and during my time as a foreigner, like they're passionate about making an experience that fans love. It's they don't go out of their way to make a Halo game that we're going to hate and not going to want to play, obviously. And it's just unfortunately decisions were made that affected the launch of the game and Rightfully so, the community is upset, and that's okay. Yeah, that was such a unfortunate time to like create Halo. Yep. Realistically, because of COVID and because of like the situation with the global hardware shortage. Like, so the Xbox One had to be considered so strongly in everything they developed, and like it was, it was just a a very weird time where. You couldn't have really seen it coming, and it, we just got really unlucky yep. when it came to development. You know, the the only thing I can say is, you know, the the next one, whatever comes ten years after this, <laughs> you know, I should not theoretically have these same kind of challenges. So at least we got that going. Yeah, but I think Infinite's got a long way to go until then, and it's going only it's only going to go up from here. So now the the big question is. Do they stick with a 10-year plan or do they do what some other studios done like Overwatch and Destiny? Do they do a Halo Infinite 2 or do a next iteration of of a Halo game? I think, uh, I mean, it all depends if not a whole lot needs changed when it comes to like Infinite Sandbox and stuff like that and like maps. Like there's a really good foundation already here that just needs like tweaked here and there. I always could see it as like a Overwatch 2 situation to where it's not really a whole new game when you like pick it apart, especially at a multiplayer level. It's more of just an overhaul. Like that's always 
probably the most realistic option going forward because the slipspace engine in itself was built with a lot of modularity and keeps continuously getting polished. That's why we're seeing like advanced options and stuff opening up more and more across custom games and training and academy and like every, like the just the littlest things get like ironed out and a lot more options for the players and it keeps going and going and going and like that's something that you can really build on and would exceed like any kind of sequel they could do i definitely think at one point like if we're like big events that would happen in the next 10 years we're probably going to move beyond the xbox one if i had to guess like they'll probably get to a point where in order to maintain uh, performance parity to other titles that begin to abandon the previous gen hardware, which is happening now. We just, we just saw a cyberpunk dropped their last patch for the, the previous gen consoles. Like eventually we'll get to that point and we might see like an overhaul of the engine and the drop of the previous consoles. That's probably the biggest thing that'll happen over the next 10 years. But realistically like infinite can build up to be something where, even if there's like a great sequel, it won't quite be what infinite will have become by then. So I think it's just smarter to build. Yeah. I think it's just smarter to build on infinite because like when you like think about like rainbow six siege, that game's been around for like eight years (laughs) and has net like hundreds of millions a year. So it gets like really good development work every single year. And the stuff that that game has and the amount of polish is just incredible. You can run that game at like 4K, 300 FPS. It has its own <laughs> training mode. It's got like 50 different operators now. And like all the maps are like reworked and nothing even like the, the whole lighting system isn't even the same one. The recoil system is not the same one that came out in year one. Like everything it's a completely different game than what it's. It's almost like a sequel compared to what it was back in year one. And infinite can do the same thing. Yeah, that's true. I think there's a lot of potential there. There's, obviously a big question of campaign DLC and if we get an expanded story, but with how the, uh, the 10 year lifespan of infinite, I could definitely see them continue to add more. I think as far as kind of doing events and additional customizations and, and other things, I mean, if they work on just like reintroducing a lot of like either weapons from previous games or finding new balance to weapons customizations um equipment and just taking a look at what other games have done as far as game types and modes and and maps like there's a lot to pull from from the first person shooter genre as far as um different unique experiences and yeah yeah i'm still a proponent for br i would love to see a br in halo obviously the studio says they haven't been working on one amid the supposed certain affinity br leak which yeah not going to really touch on that much because we don't know if it's actually true or not or if that was pre-development stuff that they worked on and scrapped or or what whatever it is but needless to say i think the while the update was a little bit of a letdown for some as far as no split screen co-op for campaign and the lengthy time it's going to be for the couple next seasons to roll out it looks like they are prioritizing things that is, has been a issue for the community for a while. Fixing the desync, fixing the cross core customization things, the match XP forge, uh, custom games browser. Do we know when cross core is coming? Is there like a, 
So did they say anything for that? There, I thought the latest drop pod enabled some cross core Those cross core visors. visors. Yeah. Um, what I can say about it is they are looking to that they have a roadmap for introducing additional pieces that they can cross core. Obviously, there's a lot of work that has to be done to make them interchangeable, but it is yeah. going to be more than just visors. Visors is kind of the first easy yeah. thing that they know they could they could get. There's going to be things that they might not be able to make cross core, um, but they're trying to make everything as cross core compatible as possible. So visors was the first step. Uh, I would imagine there will be additional drop pods, or with the updates, there will be additional cross core compatibility coming into the experience, but they just don't have a timeline for that yet. And it's really a bunch of just trial and error until they can actually get it all to, to work. So unfortunately a lot of that stuff is just very tedious. Okay. Make sure it does work. And obviously from now on out, make sure everything is as cross court compatible as possible. Sounds good. Yeah. So that is the, what happened in the community for the last week and a half <laughs> side of, of halo. Um, I'm, Still in that cautiously optimistic phase where I think 343 is learning from their mistakes again. Again. You seen that picture going around where it's like the, the news article cutouts from like the past 10 years? No, but that doesn't surprise like me. Like every game? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like studio says they learned a hard lesson with Halo 4. Studio says they learned a hard lesson with Halo 5. Studio says they will never, the studio, like it keeps going. It's just you, like, you know, oh, I, I, I'm I'm a government. The amount of ammo people have now yeah. is just awful. I, I'm a government worker, and it's it's. I work in an IT, and it's definitely one of those things where you think you learn your lessons, but you don't. <laughs> and that's not necessarily like incompetence necessarily. Sometimes that's just the nature of the work because you get so ingrained into a mindset of. Okay, we've accounted for these things, so it shouldn't have this effect down the road, but then it does have the effect down the road. So you learn a lesson in one aspect, but then there is another aspect where you're relearning the same lesson but from a different angle, really. So while it looks like you're relearning the same lesson over and over and over again, there's it's a different environment. It's a different set of circumstances around that lesson that m- makes it look different at the beginning but then when you actually boil it down turns out it was the same thing just from a different angle or a different lens so it it yeah it definitely is one of those things that <laughs> for for three four three to keep saying yes we've learned our lessons may seem like they're not learning their lesson but really that's kind of ha- the nature of how like it and software development kind of works especially with this iterative process and you get pigeonholed into a certain view of trying to make certain things work or focusing on certain things and you have people that try to keep track of all that other stuff from lessons learned but then it doesn't happen like there, there was something just recently with my job where something got called out and like we were trying to deploy a solution on one network that was done on another network and we got to a point on this one network where we forgot to do something that was a lesson learned from last time but no one called it out. So even though we learned our lesson, we didn't have the scope to apply it here. So yeah, it, it's it's they, not necessarily they, excuse. It's just almost kind of a that's almost human nature, really. Yeah, it uh, it kind of 
sucks in certain ways. Like we, we hear all these rumors of like, Oh, infinite was starting out as a overwatch clone and like stuff like that. And it's like, if those are true, it's to me, it, it's just funny that like year over year <laughs> title after title, like they go for really ambitious changes to halo. And I feel like that's really not the thing that's like sticking too well. Is that like the balance you, you Unfortunately, you, you can't really find it, but there has to be a balance between, you know, pushing Halo to new heights and then also keeping it very familiar. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's this weird spot where you just never know when you have to keep evolving the game. If you're doing new iterations yeah. of the game, obviously, for like if Infinite does last this kind of 10 year plan, they could do like what Rainbow Six Six Siege has done, and it's really just kind of adding on to the core elements of the game. But if you're doing a new game, obviously something needs to change, or else just change the original game, or like the game that you're talking about. Like if people want Halo Infinite to be Halo Three, guess what? Halo Three. There's already a Halo Three game. It's called Halo Three. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it it just sounds like their ambition gets ahead of them sometimes at least historically. But that's more like, it's probably management more than anything, if I had to guess. It's not really, you know, the community team's not sitting down like, hey guys, listen. <laughs> the community wants to play as hunters. Like, right. That that kind of stuff doesn't really happen too much. It's probably just like, we need to push it farther and how can we do that in the way that other games are doing it? And I feel like they should have learned that from Halo 4, but you know, it is what it is. Yep. And... Last thing I'll say before we wrap up, throwing hate never helps. Because if you want things to be fixed, like if 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 you were you were doing something, you're working on something, and then people were just saying, "Hey, you suck. You can't do this." That's obviously not going to help push you to make things better and make things right. You want people to say, "Yeah, we know you messed up, but it's okay. You you can do it." So really, the best thing that we can do as a community is to kind of acknowledge that, yeah, three for three messed up. They didn't release a product that the majority of the community was happy with, and there's a lot of issues with it, but that we believe that they can they can do it. That given the the time and the patience that they kind of need in order to course correct, get their feet under them, and really get their base set again and build up from there. Like if if we give them the feedback the constructive feedback, the smart feedback, that's what's going to drive Halo Infinite to be what MCC is and not take eight years to get there, but take two years to get there instead. Yeah. It's, um, sort of forgetting what I was going to say, to be honest. (laughs) Sorry. Um, no, but it's, it just sucks that everything happened the way it did. Like they were very ambitious, but then COVID hit. And all this happened and then it all sort of piles on from like the outside of them like everybody just kind of goes like well why aren't we why aren't you just making a halo game you know and it like it piles and it piles and it piles and it's there's a transparency that needs to be struck between like what they were doing back then i think that would really sort of help alleviate that a little bit like all the hate we see just everywhere on it but i don't know if that'll ever happen well, and that's that's one of the hardest balances too, and and we've talked with them about what that transparency should be, how transparent they need to be with the community, and it kind of boils down to 
what's going to be helpful for the community to know, what do they need to know. And there, there's a point where too much information just garners the negative feedback that we've seen the Halo community generate, which is unfortunate because they want to be more open, but they can't because they know the response that the Halo community is going to give because there's history behind that. There's a whole lot of developers, obviously, that don't have a public face within the community because of, I mean, they need to keep some things in DA, of course, but there's a lot of passion in the community, and there's a lot of things that 343 would like to tell the community, but they know it's not going to be well-received, and some of that unfortunate news is just going to be spun. Like, I don't know if you, you watched, you, you probably watched the little kind of little video session that they did on, that they released last week, and you see yeah. how short <laughs> Joe addressed that there's no split-screen co-op? Because, like, if he, yeah, if he was, went into it anymore, was, it was just uh, going to be whole there's going to be just a whole lot more for the community to to dump on so it's just like one of those quick yep it's not coming that's all we're going to say yeah that was that was a little bit messy it was but like if he said more like what would the community response has been if if he tried to keep coming up with we're not doing it because of x or y or z or like just be more nitpicking by the community and more just dissecting of why 343 shouldn't be making Halo anymore type thing. So yeah. that that level of transparency is really dictated by us. And if we continue to, as collectively as a community to respond negatively and hatefully towards these updates, they're not going to be transparent. So for I know it's a shame. Yeah. I know a lot of the vocal minority on social media, the social media warders probably aren't going to hear this, but in case you do, if you really want Halo to succeed and you want the transparency from the developers of what's going on, being critical is fine. Saying, hey, you messed up on this, wish you would have done it this way, or give them the smart feedback. They're more than happy to, to take that. Like they, they admit that they messed up. They, they know they messed up because they're fans of the game as well. But Yeah, ask for transparency very nicely. Yes. And if like everyone does that, you'll yes. get it. But we have to do it collectively. We need to stop embarrassing ourselves in the greater... Like, back in the Halo 3, Halo Reach days, the Halo community was one of the best gaming communities, period. And we have lost yeah. that reputation as a gaming community. Oh, yeah. But on a positive note, to end Didn't this on the a positive time. note, uh, we, I mean, the yapping is here. Fun, more social, more laid back, which is great. There is content coming. Uh, it's going to take a little time to get here. But the roadmap looks cool with Forge, with Match XP, new maps, new modes, new weapons. I mean, I think this is the first time that basically, outside of the Halo 5 special ones, that weapons are being introduced as new content into the game. New equipment, new experiences. So I think the potential is there. It's just 343 realizing that potential, implementing that potential, and that's kind of the big question mark is that ability to implement. I think that's really just the unknown at this point. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll take some time. Well, thank you, Accelerate, for, for joining in GT Stead. It's nice to have you back on again. Uh, hopefully I didn't hog the mic too much from you tonight. No, it's all good. <laughs> uh, for those that are interested, go out and check Accelerate's uh, Twitter and Twitch cha- channel. He's uh, X, at XLR8 underscore live on both of those. 
Uh, you stream just about every day for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halo. Most of the time open lobbies. So if you're looking for someone to play with uh, outside of our Friday game nights, uh, he's definitely a good person to go hit up. Really fun guy to play with. I haven't played with him yet. Maybe this weekend I'll get a chance to. Thank you, Pens, for the link. Um, but if you're looking for a good time, Accelerate's a good person to go hang out with too. So go check him out. Appreciate the support, bud. And uh, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. And again, just a reminder, folks, be kind to one another out there. Be kind to our precious developers who, I mean, if 343 wasn't here, we wouldn't have this discussion talking about Halo Infinite and all of the things that we would like to see for it. So, well, it kind of sucks in the position that we're in. We wouldn't be here if at least there was a studio behind making these games and continuing to push the Halo experience to places it hasn't been before. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you all on the podcast next week. Hopefully we'll have GT back in the hot seat. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Check out our website, podtacular.com, and join the community on Discord at podtacular.com slash discord. If you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Fragon Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and Achieving Halo on Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family. Or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks. <laughs>